Welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes host examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller, North by North Vist. I am a mad north-northwest when the wind is southerly, I know a hawk from a handsaw. One minute of screen time per episode. This is your host for Minute 15, Professor Robert G.G. Blake of Mindy Sucks Minute. Is this a thing? A podcast about how a movie sucks? Ugh. Taking a shot. (sighs) Minute 15 will fall into a strange place for me. I had the text from the script, because I had all of that put together at once. I have some open tabs on my phone, but will be adding no notes ahead of recording. You see, when I did Mandy Sucks Minute, except for a few key episodes, I never prepared anything. I did not even know character names unless someone on screen said them. And that rarely happens. Nicolas Cage's character never got a name, and I complained a lot. Anyway, we're on page 20 of the shooting script of North by Northwest. Changes dated 9-22-58. Scene 31 continued. We come in mid-sentence. Leonard. Well, what's he say? I don't know. Let's look at the video, not the script. Necessary for us to insist. Oh, right, he was threatened. If you don't drink this yourself, it's necessary for us to insist. But Thornhill, the script says Thornhill's eyes widen, but really he just pushes past him and tries to get away. And the script is like, he points with the bottle the whole court. Not a court, Mr. Kaplan, it's only a fifth, which is a weird discussion and I don't think happens. Let's go. Let's see what the video does. Oh, Valerian and Light caught him. They, of course, do not have names because that would be too easy. I don't know if they ever get names in the movie. But they have names in the script. Valerian was the guy at the door. Light is the guy who later is driving the car. In the car chase, it's about to happen in the next few minutes. And I don't know. Do they deserve names? Does it matter? And Valerian just makes me think of that movie from a couple years ago with uh, Dane DeHaan and Cara's Delavine. Is that her name? Where it's like really cool science fiction visuals, but really dull plot and lame acting, even though the two of them seem like they're capable of better. But that's not that's not this movie, so who cares? Uh, we got Cary Grant. We got whoever the hell is playing Valerian in Light. We've got Martin Landau. And we had James Mason, but he left. The script says Thornhill makes a sudden move, tries to go past him to the door, but Valerian and Light grab him, pin his arms behind him. As they do so, camera dollies into the full head and shoulder shot of Thornhill, who stares off screen. We hear the pop of a cork being drawn from the bottle, then Leonard's hand comes into the shot, holding an empty tumbler. Let's see if that happens. Okay, they grabbed him, they got him, they push him down onto the couch. Oh, the bottle's already open. It's a very dramatic musical cue. Uh, Leonard pours tumbler. It is an empty tumbler. Uh, full of this off-brand. We talked about this last, I talked about this last minute. That this bottle seemed to deliberately have two different labels, one on the back, one on the front. And Leonard's hand tends to cover both of them. So we never get a good shot of either of them, either on this close-up where he's pouring the bourbon into the glass right by Grant's face. And so he's, we, we don't know what brand it is. And I think that's on purpose because it's going to go badly. This brand is going to lead to an attempt on his life. But, as I talked in previous minutes on my obsessive research and all the stuff I looked into is all the stuff that was in this room, the various brands of alcohol, 
stuff like that. One of which I, things I looked up was advertising for bourbon and whiskey in 1959. For example, I've got in front of me an old hickory ad, America's most magnificent bourbon. Uh, what does that say? America is swinging to bourbon, and the choice is old hickory. The image on the ad is some butler-looking dude with some dark skin, of course, handing off two large glasses with ice, which seems like a lot if you're going bourbon, to some white-haired dude in what looks like a deck chair from like a summer vacation, but he's in a snowy landscape with mountains behind, and a stupid sweater with red stripes, and he looks like a douche. And, well, I can't read the old writing, but America is swinging to bourbon, and the choice is old hickory. That's wonderful. What else we got? Oh, Old Thompson. You mix them, but Old Thompson makes them. And we got a picture of a bartender. Oh, that's an interesting setup, visually. We got a bartender. Although he doesn't look like a bartender. He looks like a preppy little ass. With his sweater vest. I gotta bleep out. Don't die. Damn. Sweater vest. A pipe. Ugh. He's got a little, uh, I don't know what you call him. The little metal hourglass-shaped shot size thing when you're making mixing drinks. He's got one of those in his right hand. And in front of him on the counter, he's got an orange, two lemons, two gob... Uh, goblets? No, they're not goblets. What are those? I don't know what they're called. I don't know what they yeah. Gotta bleep out. Gotta bleep out. Do I have to bleep out? Damn. Anyway. He's got a jar of, I guess they're cherries, maybe? Like maraschino cherries, perhaps? When I was a kid, people always said it, it was weird. People connected them to formaldehyde, and in my head, I always imagined that that meant that dead people were inside the cherries. And so I was really afraid to eat them for a long time. And then I realized, no, they meant that they were just made in formaldehyde, except maraschino cherries are actually pretty good. They're, I mean, real cherries are better. Well, not that maraschino cherries are real, but... Cherries that haven't been put in formaldehyde are better. But maraschino cherries were fine. But for a long time, I thought that literally they had dead people on it. And I'm pretty sure when I was hit, like, adolescence, there was a, a moment in there where I'm like, that's cool. And I would purposely always eat the cherry that was in my drink just because I thought it was like I was eating dead people. I was an emo freak, of course. Or I tried to be. Anyway, so this douche with his sweater vest is reaching down off the counter to the ad placed picture of the bottle down in the bottom right. So it's an interesting visual. And smoother because it's wed in the wood. Means that fine Glenmore whiskeys are blended with the choice grain neutral spirits. But instead of being bottled immediately, Thompson is put back into the barrels to assure perfect blending. This old time method takes longer and costs us more, but gives you a richer, smoother whiskey. We should be impressed. Because, you know, they're putting in the effort and taking our money. That's a bonus on two levels. Oh, I thought this was in French. It's just a weird font. Designed for better living. Okay. What is this? This is for Seagram's V-O. What's the V-O stand for? I don't know. Rare Old Canadian Whiskey. Oh, I can't read all this on the ad. That's too bad. The light, clean, airy taste of Seagram's V-O has made this fine imported whiskey in particular favorite in many of America's distinguished clubs and homes. Reminiscent of rye. I don't know the difference. I'll check that bookmark in a moment. Yet with a delicacy of flavor that never intrudes. <laughs> what does that mean? Pretentious accent. Oh, bleep the accent. 
Bleep it twice. Bleep it twice. <coughs> Vio blends perfectly, not only in all types of whiskey cocktails, but with soda. Matured six full years, Seagram's Vio was one of America's outstanding whiskeys, truly designed for better living. Uh, see, copyright 1957, this one, specifically. Ooh, another one. This one came up because one of the labels actually looked sort of like this, and I thought it might have been it, but I couldn't confirm. Uh, bottles have changed, but never the quality of I.W. Harper. And the ad is just a picture of a whole bunch of their different bottles that they've used for this brand, which is a little silly. And then in the bottom left, there's like a separate ad, tiny, that says, like, it's always a pleasure and has some dude in a top hat and with a cane. Since 1872, prized Kentucky bourbon, 100 proof, bottled in bond or mild 86 proof. Yeah, because that's what I want. For the record, record, while recording, I'm drinking wild turkey, wild turkey Kentucky bourbon, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, uh, 81 proof. Oh, what does it say? Expertly crafted by Kentucky bourbon Hall of Famer Eddie Russell. I don't know who he is, but okay. Wild Turkey stands above every other whiskey in its category. We age our bourbon longer, up to five to eight years. In number four, Alligator Char American Oak Barrels. I have no idea what any of that means. Maybe I'll get to it. Sure, this takes time, but that's why it's a cut above the rest. With notes of sweet vanilla, pear, and hints of spice, Wild Turkey finishes with a flavor that is full and rich, whether enjoyed straight or with a mixer. Let's see. What does it say? Sweet vanilla, pear, and hints of spice. Let's see if we get that with another shot. I'm not getting the pear. Clearly there's some spice going on. But there's also that just burning alcohol thing, you know. Vanilla I get. Yeah, I get you. The next ad I had was actually for Wild Turkey. Coincidence. The responsibility of being the best, it says across the top, the turkey flying through the air. There is always one best, a tribute to its producers, a recurrent delight to those privileged to enjoy it. Rightly proud of their position, the proprietors of such a brand must also be deeply aware of the responsibility. Every unit of their classic product must be the essence of perfection in all. And every detail. <laughs> okay. It must stand comparison to the utmost, if necessary, and yet by itself should be so completely satisfying that the, that the suggestion of making any comparison is never broached. That's such a... Oh, and now I have to bleep. But that's what it is. Like, why do you put a paragraph describing your whiskey on your phone? It's whiskey. Is this how I'm searching for what whiskey I'm going to drink? No. Either I've got the money to pick one from the top shelf, or I'm looking at the bottom shelf and seeing which one sounds best. At this Every unit of their classic product must be the essence of perfection and all. Yeah, just like my podcasting, obviously. Whatever. That one's gone. Let's close that. Oh, we got one more. Now do we have one? Oh, we got oh, two more, but they're for the same brand. Old Time Bourbon is back. This is for... Four Roses Antique Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. First ad, stupidly, has a horn? I don't know what you'd call it. A horn on a string, you know, the kind you blow. Stupid. Uh, hanging on the top of the ad. 
over a statue of Davy Crockett with his arm around a bottle of Four Roses Antique Whiskey. It's not even like a real person. It's a statue. The ad says, Old Time Bourbon is back. Antique. Another fine whiskey by Four Roses. Incomparable. The richest, finest bourbon ever barreled. Brought to you at the golden moment of maturity. Now, this is a scan of an ad from the 1950s, so I misread that as maternity the first time, and I was like, they should not be drinking Kentucky Straight Bourbon that is unbarreled at the peak of perfection and incomparable, in all caps. The next ad for the same brand is another statue for some <laughs> reason. <sighs> Gotta bleep twice. Uh, some dude in, like, a fireman outfit with a clarinet. I don't get this statue at all. It's probably a specific preference. This is 1875. It's some historical thing that I'm not getting. And I was a history major, so <laughs> this ad. Bleep. Twice. Okay. Old time bourbon is... Oh, it's the same... It's the same frickin' uh, quotes. Why do they put their bottles next to statues, you weirdos? This was an ad in the Saturday Evening Post, by the way. Deleting that one and moving to, uh, I suppose we could talk about the movie. Where are we? Oh, he's pouring the liquor into the thing. Let's see what happens next. Dramatic music, liquid pouring. Oh, they're filling the glass. That is too much bourbon. And though I'm pretty sure Thornhill is a f***ing alcoholic, bleep twice. He looks wary. He looks worried. He is backing away from that glass because that is too much bourbon to have at once. And I've had six shots already today, and it is only 1.17 p.m. at this time of recording. So, I'm with him. It's too much. Then it's fading to the road out by the cliff. We'll, we'll get to that. First, I would like to talk about... Um, let's assume I still have it open. I had an, I had a... I, where to go? This is the best whiskeys to buy this holiday season. This is 2019. Okay. Something called Dewar's. I'm pretty sure I've had that. Teeling Irish whiskey. Single grain. I don't know. I never heard of it. Dad's Hat. That's a stupid name. Bowmore Old Isley. Why do whiskey makers always name things after themselves? Evan Williams. Jack Daniels. J. Riddle Peated is in this article here. Manatoni still works. Well, if you say so. The Glendronic Cask Strength Batch, whatever. It, their names are so complex. Little Book 3. I like that name. Woodford Reserve Master's Collection Chocolate Molded Rye Chocolate. Ooh, I'm intrigued by this one. Uh, your, uh, your site is boring me. Okay, let's go to... Bookmarks. See, because I did, I noted, I noted a few minutes ago that I had tons of notes on Old Westbury Gardens. Ah, uh, let's see, OldWestburyGardens.org, OldLongIsland.com, OldWestburyGardens.blogspot.com, AbandonedSpaces.com, ElbowCaroViaHero.com. I don't know what that means. Flickr. There's the site I was trying to remember several minutes ago. I probably cut that out because I didn't realize it was going to come up again. 
Alami.com. 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 Oh, that's on Cary Grant. Never mind. Blah, blah, blah. AMCD. That's Cars. U.S. Steel Air. John Schaefer. Phipps Household. Westbury Gardens on House History.com. That's stupid. Spelling it. History. T-R-E-E. You're being weird. On your Times Eventbrite, Times of Persian Rugs, OrientalRugSalon.com, CatalinaRug.com. Let's see, some Wikipedia, some Revolvi, some Vogue, some NYNJC Botany, Hiking Old Westbury Gardens, uh, ChinesePorcelainArt.com. There are too many things in the bookmarks for my new North by Northwest minutes episodes. Obviously from last minute, you know, I can get really wordy and sometimes I can get into really, really, really long quotations from sources because sources sometimes say things better than me. When we're going out here, bourbon whiskey history, bourbon whiskey history timeline from the spruceeats.com. U.S. Whiskey Stocks of Sword from Barons.com, Gold Coast Mansions, GoldCoastMansions.com, Mahogany Writing Desk. It wasn't even the same desk, you know, so it didn't matter. But I saved it as a bookmark from LefflersAntiques.com, Kavanaugh with a K, Irish Whiskey from AriesWinery. I thought that said winery. It doesn't. I thought it was hallucinating because I'm six shots in. It says winery. What is a winery? dot com? You freaks. It's a winery, dumbass. Do I have to bleep dumbass twice? <sighs> Joseph Conrad Society. dot org. North by Northwest. Uh, variety. Variety. dot com. Alfred Hitchcock. Geek. dot com. The Guardian. dot com. On Martin Lando. New Statesman. dot com. On Martin Lando. Fox. dot com. On Martin Lando. North by Nostalgia on NPR.org. I don't think I've referenced that at all. QuoteInvestigator.com on Alfred Hitchcock. I don't even remember what quote I was investigating. Who knows? The bull... (laughs) I gotta check... I gotta click on this one. Never mind. Forget the bourbon for a moment. We're going to the bladder. Human anatomy on WebMD. This bottle of wild turkey I have before me is 750 milliliters. How big is a bladder? Is this not why I bookmarked this? Oh my god. Ads for... I don't know what that was for. Urinary bladder is a muscular sac in the pelvis just above and behind the pubic bone. No shit. I gotta bleep enough. Twice. Each. This is how Mandy sucks when it goes. But there I didn't bleep anything, because that was adult show. Urine is made in the blah, blah, blah. Okay. Normal capacity of the bladder is 400 to 600 milliliters. So yeah, if they make him drink this whole bottle, two things. One, he's drunk. I have four fingers up right now. I meant it, I said one, and I put up two fingers, but on two different hands. That's too many fingers. I'm only six shots in. He's had an entire bottle. I mean, the bottle was open already previously, so it wasn't completely full. So it wasn't hundred and it wasn't seven hundred fifty milliliters of this fake brand of alcohol of bourbon that doesn't exist. But he had to drink the whole bottle, and that's pretty big. Anyway, 
400, 600 milliliters, that ain't fit in that bottle. So A, his digestive system, he's going to have to pee pretty quick. Somehow, they get him out to this road. Let's get back to the film. I was going to tell you how whiskey was made, but I'll get to that. They get him out to this road, and this is another thing I obsess about is this road doesn't exist, right? It's certainly not Long Island. It doesn't have this cliffy... Like that. Two bleeps. It doesn't have this cliff nature as such. <laughs> With his little road going along. Thing. There's nice roads along the coast, sure. But they're not up like this on cliffs. This seems like a set matted into a painting, matted into footage of a California coastline that I have not been able to identify. I assume it was somewhere near like Santa Barbara or somewhere along the coast of 101. Uh, I couldn't find it. Not specifically. We'll get to, I think, next minute reference to where they actually filmed the chase scene that comes up. But this little stretch along the coast seems to be entirely constructed of... It's 1958 when they're filming this. I don't know if it's blue screen, green screen, or just matted, back-filled rear projection. I don't know what it is, but it's fake. And that's why you get a spotlight on the road where the cars are. When there's clearly no streetlight. Because it's artificial. And that's fine. But anyway, his bladder's not big enough. He's not only going to have to be drunk as he's going down the road, but he really has to pee. So he really wants to stop. And there's an interesting thing. We'll get to this in the next few minutes. But he doesn't seem to know that they're following him. He seems really out of it. Which is both... The sequence is played as funny and horribly tragic and scary. At the same time. And that's cool. Because that's how it goes. When you've had too much to drink. Uh, landmarks and historic sites of Long Island. Profiles in Time. Henry Phipps Jr. What's well, a picaresque? The top five novels. If you want to hear me talking about picaresque novels and films. Jump over to Cock and Bull Minute. I don't think that's even what Sean promoting this minute. But Cock and Bull Minute. Because that is all about that. Okay, found it. Pretty informed. Nature of Peakrest Narrative on jstore.org, jstore.org, muse, jehu.edu, Abe Books, 39 books for John Buchan. I don't think I even talked about Buchan. That's fine. Bourbon in the movies, six unforgettable whatevers, chicagobourbon.org, openculture.com. Let's go there. How is bourbon made? The ABCs in nine minutes. Is this a video? Oh, there's a video. I'm not watching the video. The video. Bleep. Twice. Only whiskey produced in the United States can be called bourbon. Okay. Cool. Bourbon must be made of a grain mixture that is at least 51% corn, in parentheses, maize. Bourbon must be distilled to no more than 160 proof, 80% alcohol by volume. Neither coloring nor flavoring may be added. Bourbon must be aged in new charred oak barrels. Now, how did that crocodile char or alligator char or whatever it said in the previous thing fit that? I don't know. I don't even know what that meant. Bourbon must be entered into the barrel at no more than 125 proof, 62.5% alcohol by volume. How does it become 81% then? I don't think they're explaining this very well with their bullet points. Bourbon, like other whiskeys, must be bottled at not less than 80 proof. 40% alcohol. Wait, not less than 80? So this... 
Here, right here. Bleep. Twice. Is like minimum? Should have gotten absinthe. Something stronger. What was that other one? There was some, I think it was a rice alcohol. It was like a Japanese thing that was really freaking smooth to drink, too. It tasted like water. It was so easy. Oh, my God. My friend had it back in grad school. And it was so strong and easy to drink. And this is whiskey, which is not easy to drink. You take a shot. Not the easiest thing to drink. <clears throat> anyway. And you just want to just run with it. Uh, let's see. Ba, 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 ba. Where was I? Neither coloring nor flavoring. Maybe I said that. Ba, ba, ba. Bourbon, like other whiskeys, must be bottled at not less than 80 proof. I said that one. Bourbon that meets the above requirements and has been aged for a minimum of two years may, but is not required to be called straight bourbon. This one I'm drinking is called Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. How long did it say it was aged? Up to five to eight years. That's vague. You can't label it on the bottle as how long it's been aged. What's wrong with you? Anyway. Straight bourbon aged for a period less than four years must be labeled with the duration of aging. So which means, since this is five to eight, they don't have to be specific. You think specific would be a good selling point. But then again, you'd think that I could have figured out where they filmed this footage of the coastline here when I googled, like on Google Maps, over and over time and time again. Little highways along the side of the road to figure out where it is. I think the chase scene that's coming may have been filmed on Portrero Road, but we'll get to that. I think I talk about that next minute. But just, what is it, today? I'm recording this on a Monday, December 23rd. It's not that long ago. Welcome, if you're listening, when this first goes up. Uh, just two days ago, I was out in, was it Shadow Hills, Sunland? And Sunland has that nice little white fence along the road that, you know, from all those movies from years ago where those were, there weren't many houses and businesses along those roads. The white fences are very distinct. And you'll see some of those white fences here. But I also think it might be Portrayal Road, but we'll get to that. If an age is stated on the label, it must be to the age of the youngest whiskey in the bottle. So they're mixing this stuff? Well, that's rude. And apparently there's a video. I don't care about that. Bookmarks. How bourbon is made. North Denver, back to New World, Northwest, Northwest Reviews. Howard Phipps, Westbury. Carnegie writes to Henry Phipps. I had a freaking letter. That's not right. It doesn't matter. It's the state of Hollywood, you know. Film an exterior of one house, but the interior of another. It happens. We just have to forgive it. We have to accept it. Like in Halloween, when the inside door of the Doyle house opens the opposite way of the exterior door because they're filming in two different houses on the same street, but still two different houses. And it's really freaking annoying because then it's like, why did they even bother? Did they, could they not use the front of the house they were filming the interior of? How does that work? They just thought the other one looked better. They're just, have you been on that street on Orange Grove? And what was it? That's not West Hollywood. That's Hollywood. They're all nice houses. I've seen them all. They're quite nice. Whatever. 
I don't care. Uh, Cabinet Irish Whiskey, Ted and Chelsea, I don't know what that is. Art Creating Art, Old Whispered Gardens, Melodrama, that's a books.google.com reference. Martin Lando, we already referenced him anyway. Um, Winter Garden Theater, Ancient Bonayana Han, Pittsburgh History, Cupboard, okay. Back to the movie. We're on a road. In the script, Blender says cheers, which is quite nice, I think. Uh, now the bottle comes into the shop, begins to fill the tumbler with bourbon, and forth in Thornhill's staring face. I've already talked about his staring face. Now he's like, he's startled by this. This is way too much. That's not how you drink bourbon. You don't drink bourbon in a tumbler. Dissolve 2, the script says. And we are on page 21, changes dated 10, 10, 58, skipping scenes 32 to 34. I have no idea what those are, because they're skipped. They're not in the script. Exterior Hill Road, night 35. Two cars are making their way along a what? This is not true. Making their way along a windy, precipitous road. They're already parked. Let me fade into this. The lead car is a light-colored open Mercedes-Benz. That is true. It's like a light bluish color convertible Mercedes-Benz. We'll talk about more about that next minute. Behind it is the limousine. I am not sure. I didn't look up the definition of a limousine for this purpose. And I don't think of limousine as what this car is, but reportedly it's a limousine. Uh, which brought Thornhill from the Plaza Hotel to Glencove. We hear Thornhill's voice coming from the lead car in drunken song. Somewhere I'll find you, sneak up behind you. So they scripted what he's going to be singing drunkenly. The two cars come to a stop at the hill of the scripts. In the film, of course, they just drag Thornhill up from the limousine to the convertible Mercedes-Benz. Uh, it says the driver of the limousine gets out quickly. We see that it is light. He crosses over swiftly. To, that's, that's not really a thing. And close angle, the Mercedes-Benz 35X1 is the scene number. The driver of the Mercedes-Benz, Valerian, that's not true. Well, I guess it is, he, Valerian was, must have been driving the Mercedes-Benz because light is the one that's driving the limousine. Fine, that's true. It's just getting out as light arrives. This isn't how it goes in the movie. Sitting in the Mercedes-Benz, mumbling and singing drunkenly is Thornhill. In the script it says, Thornhill, with gestures, Good night, Mr. Townsend, Ms. Townsend, night parting, such sweet sorrow, I've grown accustomed to your bourbon. And he's singing. In the movie, he's kind of mumbling, and we get a cutaway to the... F- right at the end of the minute, and my brain, of course, because that's a song it's sort of referencing, is I've grown accustomed to her face. She almost makes the day begin. I've grown accustomed to the tune. She whistles night at noon. Her smiles, her frowns. Her ups or downs are second nature to me now, like breathing out and breathing in. I was serenely independent and content before we met. Surely I could always be that way again, and yet I've grown accustomed to her look, accustomed to her voice, accustomed to her face. I'm very grateful she's a woman and so easy to forget. Rather like a habit one can always break, and yet I've grown accustomed to the trace of something in the air, accustomed to her face. During this, the two men have held a brief, sharp exchange in a foreign tongue, the script says. Valerian takes a quick step toward the edge and sees point of view 35x2, the winding, descending, precipitous road ahead. 
there's no winding precipitous road ahead, not visually. The movie presents us this weird little curve on the edge of the coast that immediately goes inland and sets up the scene for next minute, or the minute after, who knows. Close angle, the Mercedes bends 35 times 3. Valerian turns back and with the help of Light hurriedly pulls Thornhill into the driver's seat. And then, as Light returns to the limousine, Valerian gets into the Mercedes Benz with Light Hornhill. Thornhill. 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 I have been your host for Minute 15, Professor Robert E.G. Black. Yeah, Professor. If you would like to hear more from me, being unprepared, check out Mandy Sucks Minute which I explored the 2018 film Mandy, one minute at a time, with almost always quite negative results. And by the time this episode of Hitchcock Minute goes up, my final bonus episode of Mandy Sucks should be up. Is up, because I actually put it up the day I'm recording this, a commentary track for the film Mandy, which sucks. Or check out LemmingDrops.com for links to all my podcasts, my blog, and all my social media. You can find the Hitchcock Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play or at the main site HitchcockMinute.com. Find us on Facebook at the Man on Washington's News or on Twitter at Hitchcock Minute. There are over 100 other Movies by Minutes podcasts available at MoviesByMinutes.com. Check out the site for more great shows. Join us here next time on the Hitchcock Minute. Bye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.